Welcome to the Southwest Iowa Association of Realtors, also known as SWIRE. This podcast keeps SWIRE members up to date on what's new and happening in our organization. The views expressed by guests are their own, and their appearance on the program does not imply an endorsement of them or any entity they represent. It is not our intention to solicit the offerings of other real estate brokers. Not a member? We still encourage you to listen. Each week, we provide you with valuable information related to the real estate industry and Southwest Iowa. Welcome to the Swire Podcast. I'm Todd Studer, and we have a full studio today. We will begin uh, with uh, Amy Swoboda back to let us know everything that's going on at Swire. Yes, I am. Our next big event is the quarterly breakfast, which is July 19th, and it's going to be at the Holiday Inn at Ameristar this time, so I want people to remember that. Don't go to the country club. That's where we're having it this time, and you can register online, or we've sent out emails and sign-up sheets, too. So bring along a little extra cash afterwards. Is that the idea? I think that's a good idea. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, we have a couple of folks here. Uh, the uh, current MLS chair, uh, Jesse Scudler, also a uh, Drew Rowe is a committee member with uh, MLS. Uh, thank you both for coming in. And let's find out what's going on. What? Uh, why did you want these gentlemen to come in today, Amy? Well, we have some things that um, seem to reoccur or recurring questions. And we thought, let's just get um, some information out to start with. Um, so people kind of have that information to, um, to, to build on. So I think one of the things we want to start from is photos. So a lot of things happen around photos and videos. Most recently, we added a photography agreement. And Jesse, you want to talk about why we did that? <laughs> yeah, so, so the photography agreement came into place because of a lawsuit that happened with a photographer out in Des, Des Moines. The photographer had, after the house had closed, had said, hey, those are still my photos. You're considered still advertising it and filed a lawsuit against the association. So because of that, we decided to be a little more proactive and try and get ahead of that here in our market. And so we've now come out with a photographer agreement. It's really, it's an agreement between the broker and the photographer, not necessarily the association, but it helps to protect the association. Is that, can I ask a question yeah, real quick? Amy? Yeah. Is is that common? I mean, is uh, was the photographer right in, in that particular case? Or do, are we even aware of, of whether the photographer was right? It's hard to tell because we don't know the contract that they had with that agent or with that broker. All we do know is that the lawsuit ended up being settled. So what that means, we, we're not sure of. But well, it I, just reminds me of something that we made sure that we did with this podcast, Amy, if you remember, that part of our agreement is you have full commercial and broadcast rights with this. So mm -hmm. even though we record this here at the studios on South 4th, it belongs to you. All Everything about it belongs to you and it belongs mm -hmm. to Swire. So that came along with it. It's just something that we do here and it sounds like something similar uh, would be very beneficial in that case. Yeah. And that's what the, the new agreement essentially says. The broker doesn't have to use that agreement as long as they have some sort of agreement in place that essentially says they have the okay and the rights to those photos. That's what we're looking for in case, you know, a, a lawsuit was to come up. So, And NAR got involved in that lawsuit too because yeah. it was potentially impacting all realtors. They really need to be aware of it. Yeah. yeah. Yep. That one escalated to the Iowa Supreme Court even. I mean, it, it went all the way up. Mm -hmm. well, I can see why you're bringing it up then. <laughs> <laughs> pretty pretty yeah. important. Yeah. Well, but what people don't realize is once that photo is out there, once it's in the internet, it's never coming back. Right. So if a photographer thought they owned that photo and they, um, if they want to complain that where it went after they sold it to the agent, we can't, once it goes out on the internet, it's, it's the world's. Right. Right. And this, I mean, this took the MLS committee 
what oh, just over a year mm-hmm. working with the uh, board attorney and everything to come up with the contract for for at least an idea of something to use for the brokers. Yeah, I think we've had a few people ask, do I have to use that form? No, you don't. Correct. But just make sure you have something that your broker and their attorney has looked at that says you have the right to use it. Correct. So another question that comes up around photos or an issue that comes up around photos is um, one of our general rules is the first photo has to be the front of the house. Front of the house. Front of the house. <laughs> front of the house. <laughs> and can't have a sign in the front. Correct. Yeah. Those, both of those still seem to come up quite a bit. We did make a change in the MLS rules last year when we updated them. And our old rule used to say you could have a sign in the photo as long as it wasn't more than 10% of the photo and wasn't easily readable, you could have it. And we decided to simplify everything. There's no sign, no signs in any photos, mm-hmm. you know, just to make it simple. And what about branding on the photo? Yep. Same, same with the branding. So that's, we see a lot of that with agents that are their primary boards, Nebraska, because they auto brand theirs once it goes in the MLS. And then they're just taking those photos and inputting them over here. If they use those with that auto brand on there, they are technically in violation of our MLS rules over here. So you're better off just to upload the originals over here. Okay. An issue I see come up a lot that gets reported is surrounding seller's disclosure documents. <laughs> All the time. <laughs> All the time. <laughs> when do you need them? When you don't need them? When do they need to be loaded? Right. Complete, incomplete. So we do see, see it a lot. Seller disclosure is required at the time you input a listing over here. Mm-hmm. There's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. That is when it's due in the MLS. Anytime you upload something that's blank or you say it's coming soon, you are technically willingly in violation at that point. And uh, there are many agents out there watching that now. We don't even have to place it. They just, they turn it into us. We go look, if, as long as it's missing, we can send out the emails and you'll get two emails on it. One that'll come from me and then one from the MLS, just so that you know you are in violation. You've got one, one day to get that corrected at that point. Is there ever a time when I can load a seller's disclosure or not have to load one? If it's a foreclosure. Uh, foreclosures are exempt. Foreclosure banks won't sign any of our disclosures. They'll do their own, but it'll be a part of their purchase packet. So the best thing you can do if it's a foreclosure is just put a document in there that says, this is a foreclosure property, they are exempt, and just leave it at that. That at least eliminates the question for, for you and for me when we get those reported to us. You know. And same with lead-based paint. Yeah. Same document. Yeah. yeah. Same thing. Okay. Yeah. I want to go back one thing on that photography agreement I forgot to mention. You have to check now that you have an agreement with the photographer. Yes. And yes. if you check no, or if you check yes, but you don't have one, you are basically assuming all the liability on that. Correct. Correct. And that that was part of that protection that we put in. We worked directly with Flex on that to, to have that option added to our, our MLS when you're inputting a listing. Just... There again, just as an an added level of protection for the association. Okay. How about marketing? This, lots of different questions around this. So what if I have a for sale by owner that I'm interested in helping that owner sell (laughs) (laughs) or that I'd like to be the buyer's agent on that house or what can you do with the for sale by owner listing as an agent in the MLS? Technically nothing. Nothing. Right, right. (laughs) Yeah. How about like marketing it? Can they, uh, can you market a, a 
for sale by owner on your Facebook page? No. no. Um, when it's a for sale by owner, you can't market it at, at all. Mm -hmm. um, in order to market a property, you have to have a listing contract in place with that seller, which gives you the rights to market and advertise the property and to also be able to use it as cooperation with other brokers. Mm -hmm. And anytime it's a for sale by owner, none of, none of those contracts are in place. Yeah, there's, there's no express agreement between a realtor and, and a for sale by owner. Okay. Yeah. Um, when you do sell a property by for sale by owner and you want the statistics in the MLS, you can do that. Yes. Yes. Um, That's a new thing we, we just added. Um, I think that was earlier this year. Just a couple months ago. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and what you, you, you can take and add it in there. You'll input everything just like normal. Please add the property disclosure. It is still required on that. Same with the lead-based paint if it's before 78. But... When you input it, you're going to put in the public remarks that it's for statistical data only. And and then you can uncheck on the last page when you're inputting all your listing, you're going to uncheck all the boxes back there so it doesn't syndicate out. And and don't we have like a, a timeline on that? Is it 30 days? Yeah, 30 days after you close that, you're able to put that in. You know, mm -hmm. that way, you know, if if you're selling something in Nebraska, you want it in this M MLS or you need it for office numbers, something like that, you've got some leeway there to be able to get that in. But also where you can't come in, say, the end of the year, like we were seeing last year and <laughs> it was a lots of agents were dump. dumping, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, so, yeah. So when you kind do of that, skews those, those December yeah. numbers a little bit. A <laughs> little bit, a little bit. So when you do that, enter it um, yourself as the listing agent, even if you weren't. And then after you get it all taken care of, you can contact me at the office and then I can change it to non-member. Correct. Mm -hmm. Just let me know if it's the, the uh, seller or the buyer and I can change that over for you. Yep. Yeah. And that, the reason for that is that's admin access only mm -hmm. for, for that. So that's why they'd contact you. How about differences from Great Plains MLS? Where would you think the major differences are? People maybe who are used to entering there first and then coming over to us. What are the major differences between our MLS requirements? Disclosure would be my mm -hmm. first one. Okay. Um, in Great Plains, you've got 48 hours after you list the property and, and input it to have the disclosures uploaded where ours, you have to have it uploaded at the time you list the property. Oh, yeah. What's one of the big ones you see? You know, I see it more more over there is uh, not changing the status. Yes. The amount of time that lapses mm. from the time it goes from active to pending or pending to closed. Right. There's, you have to read the fine print over there because usually they'll say pending at the very, very bottom of the page. It'll say pending. And then they also have up to, I think, five days. Yeah. They to have up to switch it to close. Five days. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. But it, we actually found when we went through the MLS rules last year, it's a NAR rule that it's 24 hours, mm -hmm. yeah. I believe, when status changes have to be in. You know, I mean, it surprised us. I mean, yeah, we didn't realize NAR actually had the rule on that, but they did. Mm -hmm. I would say one of the other huge ones that we see difference-wise comes in public remarks. We, we see a lot of violations with public remarks, yeah. and especially now with the whole AI coming into everything. You see a lot of agents that are using AI to write their public remarks, and you're starting to see where it doesn't sound like that agent at all. We actually did a test case in our office, and I had a seller that wanted to run my write-up through their AI platform that they were using, and they came back to me and said, well, this is what we want. And I said, well, I'm going to make some suggestions. 
I would change this, this, and this. And I said, and actually, this whole sentence I have to take out because it's a fair housing violation. So it's, uh, you know, don't trust it completely. Trust, trust in your knowledge and what you do. Mm-hmm. You know, at the end of the day, you're the expert. Well, I think you could probably run an entire podcast to multiple ones just on AI and. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, you could. Yeah, And also, just uh, segue a little bit into fair housing. That has been one of the most prevalent topics that I get from the public is terminology that we can and cannot use. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Which has been There's... so interesting. And, and we always get asked questions as to why can't we, can't, why can't we use uh, different terms like, well, one of the biggest ones, walkout basement, like basement. Right. Or cl- walking, walking trails to a trail. Yeah. Can't do. We are no longer able to. Yeah. Why is that? Well, uh, <laughs> I'm trying to think how that's a fair housing. Issue. Uh, well, it you know when you imply walking, you are taking I guess whole groups of people out of the equation with it. Oh people my God. Who are yeah. maybe not able to walk around. Okay. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. So yep. you got to be really careful when you, you do. write those. You do, and <laughs> yeah. it's and it's very very uh, specific things. Uh, just the other day, uh, I was with a group of friends, and I guess in Colorado you're not able to use descriptors like white cabinets in Colorado. I I have to look more into that, but (laughs) so, so there's, there's little things. How much it changes for every market. Every market's different. So in um, public comments, I think we get questions a lot about it's a seemingly not not a big issue, but it is when they say schedule your showing today or schedule call to schedule your private showing. Why do we not not allow that? At the end of the day, it's implied to the public that you have to call that listing agent to access mm-hmm. that property. So that's why we don't allow any of that in any of the public remarks. If you want to put it in private remarks, you can, but only agents and brokers are going to see the private remarks. But it's in it's implied that to the public that they have to contact that listing mm-hmm. agent, which that's, like you were saying, that's, that's another big difference between Swire and Great Plains because Great Plains, you can have that verbiage in there. They don't they don't have anything against that where we do. Um, let's see, jumping topics a little bit. Um, the other one I see sometimes is what's the difference between delayed listing and coming soon? Oh boy, we're going <laughs> down the rabbit hole. Oh. I know, I know. <laughs> this one's dark. <laughs> <laughs> delayed listing, it's probably easier to start there. So delayed listing just says, I have a current listing contract in place with a delay of listing addendum that says it'll start showings in two weeks. Mm-hmm. What that also means for that listing agent is they cannot advertise it to anybody. At all. They can't yeah. show it. If it goes pending prior to it actually being live in the MLS, now they're going to have problems because it. I guarantee it'll be reported to us in some way. Mm-hmm. And we'll, we'll start asking questions. And if those dates don't line up, then there's an issue with that. Mm-hmm. So that's probably the easiest way to put it. And you'll see... Usually when that's being done is if it's a house flipper, they're, you know, they thought they'd have everything done for whatever reason, some materials got delayed coming in. So now they've, they've got a week delay, but they've already signed, signed the contract for a start date. Mm-hmm. Then that's when you'll see them do a delay of listing. But the most important thing with the delay of listing, if you are going to do that, to use the, the current Swire delay of listing form yeah. and send that form to Amy. <laughs> it's the only way we know. And so if we get told that, hey, this one's been, just went live today, but it shows it was on the market for 14 days, 
the first question we're going to ask the, the agent, do you have a delay of listing addendum? Has that been sent over to Amy? And you can get that form on swire.org. Mm -hmm. You can also get it in the MLS. It's in the internet section. All those forms are in there. Yep. Yep. We got that change with Flex this year, too, to have all those forms added in there. Yep. So, yeah, it's easy, easily accessible. And, I mean, we, we do have, when we went through and did the new MLS rules last year, we did put together a matrix. Actually, one of our board directors helped us and put together a whole matrix when you would use delay of listing, when you would use a coming soon or a no-show, when you would just go live, and what forms are required, how much time you have. So it went out with all the packet of stuff last year that everybody had to sign the MLS rules in return. But if for some reason they don't have it, we can certainly get them another copy of it. We can e email that to any of them. Okay. So. And our coming soon, we operate a little bit differently than Omaha on that. So make sure you read the MLS rules carefully. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, with our no-show coming soon status, it, it actually goes out in the syndicated feed. where So it's an active, active listing. It's actively sent out where Omaha or the Great Plains MLS, it is not. It actually doesn't even allow you to send that out if you have a safe search for a buyer mm -hmm. over there. You have to uncheck that for the, a part of their search. And and just for clarification, we do have a uh, 24-hour rule, right? Yeah, yeah. So that, that would come into play with the clear cooperation mm -hmm. rule. And there again, that's that's a NAR rule also that NAR came out with to help curtail some of this. Agents were, you know, essentially hiding listings or calling them pocket listings and selling them to someone else before they'd ever hit the market. And this was NAR's way of combating that a little bit, making it fair and and cooperative to all brokers. So if you're advertising a listing at all, whether it be Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, sign in the yard, you know, sending out emails, sending out flyers, anything, the minute you do that, the clock starts ticking. You've got one business day to have that in the MLS. Otherwise, it's a clear cooperation violation. And with, with our MLS, I wasn't a part of the MLS committee when that was set, but that is by far the stiffest fine yeah. that we have on any of the rules. I mean, last year alone, we had a couple of them. So far this year, we've had a couple where agents thought maybe it was a clear co-op, but once we looked into it, we realized it wasn't. So nothing that went forward, which which is nice. I mean, at the end of the day, we want people just, just to follow the rules, do, do things properly. We don't want to find anybody, you know, so... Yeah, I think that's important to know. It's when you get a uh, email from Jesse or from the committee or from Flex, no one's out to get you. Right. We're just trying to enforce the rules evenly. I know a couple years ago we heard that some people said the so and so is getting away with stuff all the time, and I'm not getting away with it. It's not fair. Well, so our right. goal is just to make sure that it is fair and that no one's getting away with more than you're getting away with. Right. And to piggyback on that, I don't. I just want everybody to know, if you were to let myself or Amy know that you thought there was a violation on, on a listing, if you tell us, your name does not get dropped anywhere. So it's completely confidential. Even to the M the rest of the MLS committee, all they know is that it was turned in, mm -hmm. you know, and and we, we address it accordingly. The way we look at it is as long as we look up the, the listing, if there's a violation, that's all we need. We don't need anything filled out. Further than that, as long as we can verify that it is a violation of, of the rule in some way. And then anytime I send the email, I will always put 
copy and paste in there a copy or a sec the section of the rule that's in violation. So if there's, say, just one violation, it'll just be one in there. But, you know, we've had some of them where there might have been, you know, three violations. And so they got the a copy of three different rules that they were in violation of, you know, in that email. So they understand where we're coming from, that they understand we're just not out to get them. It is a violation of the rule and we're trying to show them in hopefully by doing that they know next time and and they don't change it and i would say probably 99 percent of the time the agents say i'm sorry i didn't realize i did that i didn't realize the rule whatever the case and they change it right away usually within an hour once in a while you'll get get the one that gets a little grumpy and <laughs> wants to try and argue it <laughs> mm -hmm. but it's it's not real often most of the time they just take care of it right away yeah, I think most of it's not intentional. Mm -hmm. Correct. Okay. Correct. We like to think that. Right. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> or at In, least let me believe it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay, well, I would just say that this committee works really hard. They meet monthly. They take every issue seriously. They look into it. They investigate it. If there's something you need, you think should be changed in our MLS rules, reach out to a member of the committee. We'll put it on our agenda. We'll talk about it. Right. Um, like Jesse said, that photography agreement took us about a year to get it in place the way we thought it needed to execute. So they take it very seriously. Right. Right. Yeah. Yep. And we're, we're open to anything, you know. I just want people to understand that, you know, just because something's been done one way, you know, for 30 years doesn't mean we're opposed to looking at making a change somewhere if it if it uh, helps everybody, you know. So we'll, we'll certainly put those things on our agenda and look into them. And all of those things will get brought up before the MLS committee. Okay, that's it for us today. All right, Amy, Drew, Jesse, thank you all very much for being a part of this Wire podcast. We thank you for listening to this episode. Uh, new episodes are out weekly. Until next time, take care.